Hi, I'm Tyler with the Craft Beer Connoisseurs, and before this episode begins, I just wanted to provide you with a little information on who we are and how you can stay updated on all of our content. This podcast is created to showcase craft breweries and indulge in interesting conversations. We want to help promote a variety of breweries and along the way have conversations ranging from sports to beer and beer to just about anything. Please feel free to follow us on Instagram at Craft Beer Cons, send a friend request on Untapped, or subscribe on YouTube at Craft Beer Connoisseurs. Also, drop a comment, like, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Now stay tuned for today's episode. Welcome to Craft Beer Connoisseurs. I'm Tyler. I'm Chris. And I'm Brett. And along with us today is producer Quentin. Mmm, Quentin. Yeah, he's here. <laughs> so in today's episode, we'll be reviewing Redline Brewhouse in Barrie, Ontario. Yeah, and we will be trying two of their beers today. The first one is Clutch, which is an American Pale Ale. And the second mm-hmm. is called Scenic Root, which is nice. a Vermont IPA. And to uh, finish up the episode, we're going to talk about all things cars. Vroom, vroom. Let's get her going. All right, and we're back. We're going to toss this into first gear here. So as uh, previously mentioned, Redline Brewhouse, which I think is the first one that we've actually done, called a Brewhouse on this podcast. I don't think we've had any other Brewhouses. Mm. Interesting look located, back. Yeah, oh, yeah we'll is, have to look back. Right, yeah. It's located in Barrie, Ontario, as previously mentioned. Now, they were established in 2015, so they've been around the scene for a little bit now. Um, and that is actually noted within their logo and their logo is pretty interesting. Maybe we'll get down and talk about that a little bit later on. Yes. So if you guys want some uh, craft beer and high gear, well, you can uh, get it at 431 Bayview Drive, you know, eight and nine in Barry, as mentioned, and it's a family owned and operated brewery. So it's a dream of the patriarch Doug Williams with his children, Devin and Darcy, who is the marketing manager and actually supplied the beers for today's episode. Yeah. Plus, yeah, uh, plus other beers as well. Yes, <laughs> yes, above and beyond. Went above and beyond. You got. You, you love to see it. It's true. So big thanks to Darcy for that. And uh, so the brewery in their in their beers, they use high quality ingredients from North America, Europe, New Zealand, and Australia. So they're going global to get yeah. all of their uh, ingredients. And their, their their brewing style is rooted in Belgian and American schools of thought. So kind of like. I, I'd almost say like an old school with Belgian stuff and right. then like a new school with American stuff. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So they, they love to balance their beer between both classic and traditional while also mm. pushing themselves outside the box as well. Right. right? Which you love to see right. from breweries when they do go outside the box. Yeah. Like here's kind of what we are going to focus on the core style and then still have a little bit of, uh, different nuances. So, um, I have never been there. I know that producer Quentin has, uh, right. Yes. I have been there a long, long time ago, pre podcast, pre untapped, pre a lot of things. Uh, but I have been there once. Yes. Like 2015 perhaps. Great experience. (laughs) Great experience. I've had 2016 actually, not 2016. 2016? Yep. 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 And yeah, and I haven't been there either. Um, right. 
so yeah, Quinton is kind of giving us some some details about uh, you know where it's located and kind of thing. So it's kind of like in the the strip mall type. You know, we, right. we see yeah. some breweries are like kind of industrialized, and some are in like the strip mall type thing. So yep. um, that's kind of where they are, um, right. and it's pretty pretty wide open where you can see all the brewing equipment from the tap room and everything like that. Um, he he has given us some pictures. It looks actually like a really nice brewery. It's a very nice brewery. Very nice. nice. So I think one of the concepts that you get with a lot of these craft breweries is that they are brewing beer to leave a, a memory with the consumer. So as we're kind of going through this and reading some of the notes from Quinn, you can tell that they succeeded in their ability to do that because, I mean, he went there for his birthday, which was a memory, I'm sure, of itself, but had <laughs> several beers throughout that, that day. And that would make the memory a little foggy, if you will. Well, no, I was just going to say, <laughs> or even, after, even after having several beers, he still has that memory that's been left with him. Right. So that's that's pretty nice to see that they're really focused on the consumer, right? Absolutely. Yeah, and one thing I really like um, about what they do when we are looking into this episode, looking at their website and everything, they actually go into a lot of detail on their website mm-hmm. about how to brew beer basically and and the process that they use obviously it's pretty standard throughout breweries um but just kind of explaining the different steps the four main ingredients which we all know are barley hops water and yeast um and just good kind job. of ex- good job good yeah, job yeah I, I didn't yeah. screw that one up yeah <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. uh they kind of explain all that which is awesome because i know like when you go on a tour at a brewery they kind of will explain that to you and right now we're not able to do tours so you can yeah. almost do like your own virtual tour if you want yes For sure. so just in terms of a couple beers i've had from there before uh their main one that i've had in the past that i really really enjoy is the moonlight on chrome which is an india session ale Lovely peach flavor coming through it in terms of a, like a New England style session. Um, and there's another one as well, which is quite nice. Um, and it's called the uh, Speed Wobble as well. Uh, and you'll find both those in the LCBOs. Uh, again, it's more of a multi New England IPA, but still right. has a strong, strong flavor there as well. Nice. So, again, you can kind of see with uh, the naming convention of those beers there that the brewery name, its products, is all automotive theme. So everything kind of comes through that. The family loves anything with a motor. And so they are <laughs> the definition of gearheads. Uh, you see that in the logo as well with the little shifter knob um, in the Redline uh, Brewhouse logo. And again, this theme inside of the brewery, as producer Quinn's kind of labeled out, is they do have on um, one side of their bar, they've got some awards that they have there. Um, they have this nice side bar top with barrels underneath. So they've really kind of made this whole atmosphere um, mm-hmm. along this whole uh, automotive theme, which is really nice to see how it gets kind of brought in together. You got to love the barrels when you go into a brew house, so to speak, right? Mm-hmm. It means kind of like they know they kind of like the age and stuff, but they also know what they're doing in, in general. And in terms of kind of what they've done in terms of other breweries as well, um, they've pivoted during COVID and also started making hand sanitizer. Right. Right. Yep. So you love, you love to see, uh, them kind of give back, especially when we were in dire times back last year, obviously things are starting to look up and up. Uh, but still, if there's some hand sanitizer, why not go out and get theirs? Yeah. 
Yeah, it's nice that they went ahead and they started switching their operation a little bit. Maybe beer sales were a little bit down um, at the beginning of things, and hand sanitizer was the way to go. Now, Chris, I think there's one more point that maybe we should mention there. and You've kind of talked about some of these other ones, so maybe I'll let you lead into it there. Yeah, perfect. Uh, so they are involved in a community initiative, which again, like you mentioned, we've seen a lot of breweries do. And and their initiative supports um, what's called Finding Them Homes, which is okay. uh, supporting dogs. Uh, it's an organization that, um, you know, basically, as it kind of sounds like, helps find find dogs homes. Um, and so they've raised money through for the, that organization through hat sales. So mm-hmm. yeah, and pretty I- good. We're going to notice, I think, a little bit later on, too, when we're reviewing one of the beers, some of the other ways that they uh, had a, had a, a different way of promoting and, and looking at it. So, Yes. And one of the other ways that they promoted, and I know it's, it's a little bit different, uh, but when the third lockdown happened in April, uh, they are actually one of the only breweries who publicly, publicly announced how much money they lost throughout it. Uh, so they actually publicly post on Instagram. They got over almost 8,000 views on their actual post about how much money they lost. And it was over $10,000 just because of the actual lockdowns in general, which hmm. is something that, I mean, you don't want to see for any brewery, uh, but they were the only brewery who really went out publicly and announced that how much money was was they were losing. So I guess that yeah. just kind of leads into the fact that, you know what, this is kind of why we, we do the podcast as well, is to really support local, support the breweries out there um, in any way you can, because they're also out there supporting other organizations as well. So, um, yeah, maybe we should uh, probably get into the first beer here shortly. What do you guys think? Yeah, we'll, we'll make sure that we link their information on our social media so that you can check out their site, check out their beers and uh, support them. Definitely. We definitely recommend picking up some of their beers. And uh, gentlemen, let's uh, let's start our engines. It's uh, time for the first beer. All right, we're shifting into second gear here. Um, before we kind of get started with the first beer, second gear, if you will, we want to thank uh, Darcy again for supplying the beers today. Um, yes, we, we got a little bit extra. And we thank you for that. A couple, thank you a couple extra. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> thank a couple. you very much. I appreciate yeah. it. So the beers um, are actually listed in three different categories on their website. So there's a, a core, a specialty, and then the pulled over. So that's important to note with this because the first beer that we're having is called Clutch. Now, Clutch is part of the core series. It's an American pale ale. And uh, I like how they kind of list it on the website. So with giving the ABVs and the IBUs and some of the ingredients, they classify it as the under the hood. Nice. So it's a, it's a 4.8% ABV and a 42 IBUs. Um, just for a note here, the producer has had this one on tap in a flight um, so we're hoping that we can see maybe a similar range of consistency out of the beer. And there might be some fluctuations with that when we get down there uh, soon. Yeah, we'll see what Quinton thinks of it. Um, so uh, Clutch is described as pouring a hazy straw color and it's topped with a creamy white head. Uh, when they brew it, they use a large dose of flaked oats, which provide a luscious and soft mouthfeel. Uh, so interesting. Sounds, um, sounds good. So it far. sounds really good. Yeah. Uh, and they hop it generously with Centennial, Citra, Amarillo, and uh, oh boy, 
Mandarina <laughs> Bavaria. <laughs> so four different hops, and it bursts with flavors of orange peel, grapefruit, peaches, and pine. Well, Chris, I'm glad you didn't stall the clutch in terms of saying Mandarina Bavaria. Um, <laughs> so this beer definitely does come with a load of dry hops uh, that are used at the end of the fermentation for lush aromas for that fresh tropical fruit, pine, and citrus feel. Uh, the beer comes off both soft and aggressive at the same time, or as, uh, you know, so they say, this yeah. beer comes off. Right. Guess we're going to find off and find out and be the judge of that, right? Um, so we are on Untapped. You can follow us at Craft Beer Connoisseurs. The overall rating for Clutch is 3.67 bottle caps out of the five. And this has got a total of 5,566 check-ins. The last time I looked at it, subject to change. So Some, pe- <laughs> some people have had this. Yes. It's, it's pretty high, yeah. Yes. And, and that's the thing is this does fall into that core Okay, so this right. is a, one of those core beers. So, glass in hand, can in the other hand. Let's open her up. Ooh, a little bit Ooh. of a backsplash there. Yes. <laughs> and right, again, go well, ahead. <laughs> I will go ahead. You wanted uh, to jump we, in. <laughs> we are drinking clutch out of a pint glass, uh, so make sure to use your proper glassware. I was just going to say that being one of their core beers, this is one that can uh, mostly be available in most LCBOs. Not all of them, obviously, uh, but a lot of the bigger LCBOs, you will find some clutch there. Well, I will say uh, it certainly hits on the fact that they said uh, that it has a creamy white head. I definitely get that. Um, And it's it's hanging around for quite a while, to be honest. I was going to say, did, did you pour it to make it have a bit of a, a head on her? Not I, I certainly really. did. I certainly did. did. You? Yeah. yeah. It's for the for the picture, right? It's just yeah. all right. optics oh, at this point. It's, it's for the gram, as they say. Um, <laughs> oh, it looks really it, nice. Too. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It's definitely sticking there. At least a solid inch, yeah. I would say, of uh, a creamy mouth head for sure. Yeah. Good retention on it. I've got about uh, oh, two fingers from the top. Um, again, looks like a, a, a traditional kind of a pale ale. Um, it's not completely uh, translucent, but at the same time, it's not completely hazy either, right? So um, a nice kind of, I don't know, like that kind of cornflaky uh, yellow, if you will. Yeah. Yes. And I'm kind of jealous of uh, producer Quentin here because he said this on the top before. I know he only had it in a flight, but it'd be interesting to see if that uh, head retention had stayed if it was being poured out of the tap. Right. Smaller taster cup, so or glass, you, you probably assume yeah. that it, it wouldn't, but... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I don't know if there's really anything you guys want to kind of discuss on it. What about anything on the nose? Anything you guys can smell on the nose? I mean, I'm getting a lot of that uh, tropical fruit flavor that they are... Smell, sorry, that yeah. they were... Uh, that they mentioned. Um, it smells really, really nice. That, that citra hop. Yeah. For sure. Oh, yeah. That's coming through strong here. Yep. All right. Let's stop looking at it. Let's start tasting it. The best, it. P- the best part about the whole thing. Tasting <laughs> right. <it is. laughs> mm, that goes down nice, eh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just kind of let it sit a little bit there. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know exactly where I'm. I'm, uh, I'm just trying to let the flavors because there's a lot of different flavors coming in on this, right? Yeah, it kind of hits me at first with a little bit of bitterness, um, right. and then kind of follows with some of that, like I said, tropical fruit, and then a, a little bit of pine on the back end. 
No, I definitely agree. Like it's yeah. definitely bitter off the hop. Um, <laughs> no, pun, no, no pun intended there. Eh? <laughs> but you definitely do get that tropical fruit coming in. And then that pine at the back end is just a nice kind of refreshing finish. I find. Yeah. I think Chris, the way you described it is, is spot on. It's a, it's that bitter citrus pine kind of one, two, three, um, that's first sip. And I, I did try to get a little bit of that uh, head in there as well with the first sip because it was lingering around. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to get in here for another sip just to see if that's kind of how she tastes as we kind of go through here. Yes, indeed. So uh, the can, as I kind of pointed out er- earlier, you might see this in some of your LCBOs. Uh, it's a pretty basic can, just kind of the logo, big font in terms of the clutch. Nice green and red, almost like a Christmas kind of style. Uh, it's, it is one of those, it's basic, but at the same time, when you are in the LCBO, it will definitely stand out, uh, in terms of a beer that you will see. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, uh, they did a good job with, uh, kind of making sure that the ears good high, uh, contrast with the, the clutch lettering on there, because if not, it would get lost in the, the green of the can as well. So no, yeah. I, I think you will be able to see this one for sure. Mm-hmm. All so right. wh- why don't we talk about the top flat five uh, flavor profiles? Um, so maybe we'll just kind of go one by one on this. Uh, yep. So the first one is hoppy, which uh, I, I I don't know. I, I get that. Um, I, I think the the bitterness at the, at the beginning kind of contributes to that, but I'm not sure it's number one. Right. I would agree. And producer Quentin saying the same sort of thing. I think mm-hmm. dropping that down to maybe a four, probably even a five. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And number two is citrusy. Yeah. Um, I definitely get citrus out of it. Um, I'd, put, I'd put that more number one in my, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be definitely, definitely for me as well. Number three is light, um, which I mean, it's light in the, Maybe in the sense of like if you're comparing it to other pale ales, but if you were to compare it with like a lager, for example, it's not light. Right. Just a brief time out here, Brett. I think you got a little bit of head retention on your mustache <laughs> on your uh, right side, big guy. There he maybe. is. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe is because I was taking a. So they have different styles of cans. Mm-hmm. So I'd take another look at the uh, can it's in terms. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I know. I know. It's I. It's almost like I have like. Two eyes right now. Amazing. That's good. That's good. That's good. I just over. I was like, this head retention is hanging around for sure. Yes. Not, oh. It's not going to be on the, in the glass. No, no, no wonder I said the head retention was hanging around because it was hanging on the mustache. <laughs> it was. It was. Saving it for later. <laughs> so number four on the list is smooth, which okay. uh, I definitely agree with uh, yeah. because we talked about already how this is a smooth beer goes down nice and smooth. Absolutely. Uh, and finally, number five, which I would put a little higher, is tropical. Yeah, we, we already kind of talked about that with the citrus, right? So like mm, citrusy, yeah. tropical, kind of all blends together a little bit. So Kind it's, of 1A, 1B kind of deal, kind of deal yeah, right? Yeah, for sure. So, all right, let's move this along a little bit. Let's see what the untapped user thoughts are on this beer. Yes, yeah, so I have the first one, and uh, it's from Heather M., and her username is Brutastic Times. And again, any untapped uh, comment that we use on the podcast, you will get an automatic follow from us. Uh, on April 10th, uh, said, 
Had to purchase this one once again, solely for the pup on the front of the can. Good for you, Redline, for supporting Finding Them Homes and donating money to this great cause. So going back to the actual can, I know I talked about the can a little bit earlier, yep. but there is kind of specific cans that have goodest pups on it. Okay. Uh, so, for example, the uh, untapped comment that we see had a dog named Milkshake, which was a two-year-old female uh, that was a husky mix. And they were actually available for adoption as well. Mm-hmm. So they were promoting the fact that you could adopt Milkshake uh, <laughs> from Finding Them Homes and uh, hopefully bring them into your home. And as I always say, adopt, don't shop. Yeah. So this goes along with that uh, the Finding Them Homes uh, initiative. They had findingthemhomes.com was their, their website. And this was going on um, early on this year. And uh, yeah, so I don't think that it's on the cans now, but I, I do believe when they had this initiative going on, they, they did run it that way. So. Yes, I believe so. Yeah. 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 And, it, and it's funny, Tyler, you and I were talking about this before. Like uh, when I saw Milkshake, I was like, oh, is this a Milkshake IPA? Like, <laughs> just, just, just funny how it happened. Great name for a dog, though. It, yeah, it, it would have fit perfectly if it was a milkshake IPA. Sure. Uh, and, all right, Brett, you did yep. say three point five out of five, right? Yes, yes. Nice. It was a okay. rated yeah. a three point five out of five. Perfect. Nice. All right. So the next rating comes from uh, Sebastian S. Uh, handle is Halloween Jack, and they commented on October thirteenth. Nose is grassy and lemony. Uh, palette is the same with a finish of banana and a bit of clove. Um, so I don't think any of us got any of those flavors. Uh, it's possible Sebastian was drinking a wheat beer, uh, yep. <laughs> possibly the uh, Sounds like catch, it. catching some haze. A um, <laughs> little bit of a mix up there for Sebastian. I, I, think. Fe- I feel as though Sebastian was a little hazy while checking in this beer. Wasn't sure yeah. exactly what to check in. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know. So looking, looking at the picture that uh, he posted, it is undecided exactly what kind of beer it was because it was in flying monkeys glass but yeah it was purchased in toronto so i we'll didn't see. have the can in the picture there's no can so, so we yeah. we don't we don't know we don't but know. sebastian did give it a 3.5 out of 5 all right so let's get our uh our rating started here so um i'm gonna give it a 3.25 all right i'm gonna give it a 3.75 it's definitely not the best pale ale I've had, but it's a yep. really nice pale ale. For sure. So I don't agree with uh, Sebastian in terms of the whole grassy lemony. I feel as though he's definitely mixed up. Uh, <laughs> but in terms of the rating, I definitely do agree with that. So I'll give it a 3.5 out of 5. And also our producer, Quentin, also gives it a 3.5, which is the same as the taster he had when he was at the brewery. All right. Nice. So if we do a little bit of quick math on this one, thanks for coming in uh, fast with this. Nice pit crew. That is going to give <laughs> us a 3.5 overall as a team score. Nice. Well, we're on to the second lap. Beer number two is up next. All right. So we're shifting into third gear here um, <laughs> as we try the second beer, which is Scenic Root which is a Vermont IPA. So looking under the hood of this beer, it has an ABV of 6% and has 41 IBUs. So many car puns. Good God. (laughs) It's awesome. (laughs) Anyway, uh, so this is a refreshing, juicy flavor that's very unique and incredibly drinkable. So it's inspired by one of the most sought-after IPA styles, uh, as you may know. Uh, The scenic (laughs) root pours a hazy, luminous orange color, 
with a fluffy white head, and hopefully we get to see that shortly. Yep. Aromatically, it has an intense bouquet of tropical citrus and stone fruits. Mm. Not in a bouquet style in terms of flowers, but in terms of the aroma, hopefully it <laughs> smells inf- quite the nice. The infamous stone fruits. Strikes you gotta again. love that stone again. fruit. Yep. And it does have a well-balanced medley of ripe mango, juicy orange, and fresh grapefruit flavor that welcomely coats the palate, finishing with a pleasantly smooth bitterness. I hope so. Nice. If it lives up to that, we're going to be in for a nice beer. Oh, so. this is going to be a lovely beer if it lives up to all that. Right. So they also then label this as it's kind of more on the soft side and mouthfeel with a bright gold color, the hazy, cloudy appearance on the eyes. So a very traditional uh, Vermont IPA, uh, hazy IPA. Uh, we kind of touched base on this in a producer special, so I won't uh, linger on anymore with, with, <laughs> with the definition of the hazy IPAs. Um, the hop flavor with this and the aroma is slightly dense and the bitterness is dialed back somewhat. So that's how they've defined it, allowing for kind of this balance between the malt character that plays its role strongly without stealing the spotlight from the hops that they note. So, um, yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see this kind of balance, whether it's a little bit of a tug of war or if it is just kind of balanced throughout our sips. Mm-hmm. All right. So looking at Untapped, this beer has just 31 check-ins, but it was released just a couple weeks ago. So understandable. And it does have an average rating of 3.8 bottle caps out of five. Nice. I'm excited for this one. Yeah, yeah. me yeah. too. All right. So... Let's uh, grab that can and grab that glass and let's. Oh, wait a second here. Finger slip. <laughs> a little slippery. Oh, oh, oh. slip. Hide it out of the fridge. <laughs> let's open her up. There Some would is. say you were just uh, shifting gears there. Sorry, yeah. Maybe my clutch slipped again. <laughs> exactly. <it> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we are drinking the scenic route out of an IPA glass. So make sure to use your proper glassware. Now, Luckily, our producer, Quentin, has a second IPA glass because I believe recently his IPA glass was broken. Ooh, tragic events. Yes. It is a tragic event. Yes. Our RIP, producer Quentin's IPA glass. Yeah. His girlfriend ruined it. <laughs> I wasn't going to put the blame on her, but Brett, I'll just, I just left I'm it I'm not going to mention the girlfriend's name. But she ruined it. All <laughs> right. <laughs> Before we cause any future domestic, let's uh, take a look at the beer itself. So, again, traditional hazy kind of IPA. Um, you can't see through it. You put your hand in the back. You can't see anything through it um, unless you're near that bottom portion of the glass because yep. you get that kind of uh, shortened up glass as it kind of bells itself out. Um, head retention sticking around. I've got again, about two fingers worth and it's already starting to lace itself down as it depletes in the head category. Interesting. That's what, like I've, a, that's what I've yeah, got so far. I, look. That's very interesting. <laughs> my, in terms of my can, I'm only sitting about maybe a half a finger to a full finger in terms of a head retention. Yep. Again, could just be the way we poured it. Who knows? Uh, but I definitely like, again, nice color to it. The aromas, you know, as as strongly as that what they suggested are there, so mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to getting to tasting this one shortly. Yeah, Chris, I'm definitely. You want to talk about? Yeah. No, I, I'm definitely getting uh, the aromas of like that grapefruit that they mentioned. Um, so I am a big grapefruit fan, so I am looking forward to that. Um, I know Brett, you're not a huge grapefruit fan, but yeah, but what about that stone fruit? 
Well, stone fruit. <laughs> let me tell you. So I, on the nose, the summer I am. Yeah. <laughs> on the nose, I'm getting that grapefruit and a little bit of mango. They mentioned the mango as the first fruit in that kind of description. Um, so I hope it kind of takes a little bit of more of a front seat instead of the back seat. But I do get, I, I I'm getting both, and I don't know if that's just just myself. I don't know if you're smelling that mango at all either of you two. Yeah, a little bit. And usually mangoes like a little bit. It's more of a subtle fla- uh, mm-hmm. smell and smell. flavor than yep. like a grapefruit. Grapefruit. So um, <laughs> yeah, so, this, this so, is an abandoned no. episode. Keep, keep your grapefruit away. <laughs> <laughs> we got to be careful. Not too many laughter uh, during this second beer here. Yes. Okay, we're gonna make it the job harder for the producer. Yeah, uh, to pick our wave uh, sound bite. So we, we want to make sure he let's make it us. extremely difficult on his yeah. end. Uh, no laughing, fellas. Yes. Well, All should right. we taste this one? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah I think start, so too. I think it's about time. Let's do it. All right, let's go into it. Oh, okay. Mm. Different than what I expected, but a good different. Yeah, I agree. It's definitely different. Um, it's more bitter than I would expect from a New England IPA. Um, yep. It's more... It, it's certainly not as bitter as you would get from an American IPA, like a West Coast, but I would say it's halfway there. Must be Vermont versus getting your hops from Maine or uh, Massachusetts, eh? Could right. Be. It's not It's not far <laughs> enough east. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Different breeze coming in from the, exactly. the, from the coast. I, um, as it sits, I am getting that mango a little bit. It's not, again, it's not overpowering. But it, it is there. I can see where you're coming in with the bitterness portion. Grapefruit a little bit. I think it's it is balanced. Like I do find this fairly balanced in its flavors that it's not like boom, here's one, here's another one. It's very much here's some mango, here's some grapefruit. Nothing's kind of overpowering the, the it, flavor profile. It is definitely a fine balance. I'm getting a little bit mango in the front end, and then it balances it with that grapefruit. And on the back end, that's where the bitterness comes in. In terms of what I'm feeling off this beer, it's a good beer. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah. So producer Quentin would agree with me, and nobody wanted to say it, but I'll say it. I'm looking at what he's typing, and uh, at, quote verbatim here, as Tyler mentioned previously, I would put balance in here. Oh, now he's typing some more stuff. I don't know. I, don't know. I got no time for that. Let's get to the top five flavor profiles. He here, was everybody. just on a scenic drive. That's what yeah. it was. God dang it. Looking out the window, you know, has his uh, head out there like Milkshake probably does with the, hopefully their new homeowners and just enjoying a scenic scenic uh, drive in the scenic road. So um, number one flavor profile, citrusy. Do we concur? Do- I would have, uh, you know what, I'm kind of an, yeah, you know what, I'll give it number one. I, I, I would say not number one oh. for me. I, I would put it in the top five, but not number one. All right. Okay, that's fair. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm maybe probably thinking it's a little bit down, maybe a, a two three. <laughs> um, speaking of two, juicy. Well, I think who you can get away with it, right? Who doesn't like a, a juicy New England, Vermont, Maine, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, wherever you are <laughs> up that way? IPA, right? Yep. Like yep. who doesn't like a juicy IPA? Personally, yeah, juicy yeah. definitely is involved with the top five. Well, it's yeah. definitely hitting on that. Yeah. Right. Uh, three, pineapple. Mm. I, I'm a little lost. I'm not okay. getting any pineapple here. Yeah. Why wouldn't we replace that with mango? 
Yeah, I, yeah, I, 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 I would kind of yeah flip those in and out. Um, hazy as a flavor profile, it tastes very hazy. It tastes <laughs> and very much looks hazy. Yeah, it definitely is. Yeah, and then five dank. So uh, I struggle with this whenever I see it because I don't really know exactly how to describe dank. Um, to me, dank is like you're getting a ton of hop flavor, and I'm not necessarily. Okay. So have you guys ever been on like, you know, let's say if you're on a winding road, it's a sunny, breezy day, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Take me on well, this that's, adventure. That's what the can looks like. Yes. Ooh. Right? So... You know, if you were to see this in the brewery, it's brew house, not brewery, brew house. What about, um, what about number five, Dank, Fife? We're on the flavor profile. Well, you. you know what? If I were on a scenic route drive, um, I would not think this is Dank, okay. personally. Yeah, uh, I'm not getting the dankness out of this. I'm I'm feeling the juiciness and the citrus and the mango, but not as much dankness as what I would expect. All right, get into your can conversation. Yes. So anyway, back to the most important part. The can, <laughs> as Tyler is literally shaking his head because he's in the back seat riding, <laughs> riding in the middle, because he's not riding shotgun or driving. Uh, no. Uh, so if you're again, if you're riding a scenic, a scenic road like a winding road, sunlight, you're gonna see the red Redline Brewhouse can or logo in the sun. It's again, if you were to see this, it's a can label. It you will not miss. It's something that you're gonna be like. Okay, maybe your a New England IPA isn't your favorite style but because of the logo on the can you're definitely going to pick one up it definitely the can definitely looks nice and it certainly hits on the name of the beer for sure and while you're you know on your scenic route obviously you're gonna if you're not driving gonna scroll through your phone and if you're a craft beer connoisseurs like ourselves you're gonna look on at untapped and there's thoughts from untapped users and i believe chris has the first one yeah the first one is from brad m uh, his handle is Murdoch B, and on May 30th said, A lot of care went into this beer. Huge mouth feels, creamy, and a great flavor profile. And Brad gave it a 4.5 out of 5. Wow. That's a higher enough rating, yeah. for sure. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, <clears throat> I've got a second one. So Connor F, handle Barley Waters, on May 23rd commented, Mike O said it himself. It's a junior double clutch baby emoji so there's a little baby emoji in there okay <laughs> full of flavor and made with love this thing takes you to different pockets of flavor town with all great views and nice. connor gave it a four out of five very uh painting a picture much like brett does when he describes cans so yes storyteller story man storyteller story all right well i will get us started with our reviews um I think out of five, I'm giving this one, uh, I'm going to be at 3.75 again for this beer as well. Okay. I'm going to be a little bit higher than you. Not too much higher, but a little bit, as I'm trying to paint a picture, just because Tyler is trying to get uh, his picture painted. Uh, I'm going to give it a four out of five. All right. And so for myself, I'm not going to paint a picture. I just get right to the point. It's going to be a 3.75. And for producer Quentin, he's going to give it a 3.5. So, Chris, what do we got for that? Well... That's a, a, a nice, even mathematic equation for Quinton. It's giving us 3.75 right on the nose. Nice. Well, you know, boys, the race has ended, and that's all of our conversation on Redline Brewhouse. 
So coming up next, we'll be talking about our car experiences. All right, and we're back. So Redline Brewhouse is all about cars and gears. So we thought, you know what, maybe it'd be best if we kind of talk about our experiences with our vehicles, our memories, what our parents had, if there's anything that kind of relates to cars. So we're going to talk mm-hmm. about that. But before we get there, I want to give a big shout out to a friend of mine who started a YouTube channel as well as an Instagram um, give him a look, get, check him out. He is a car guy through and through, Sean McCoy, and you can find him on YouTube or on Instagram. The handle is Automophiliac, so A-U-T-O-M-O-P-H-I-L-I-A-C, Automophiliac. He is a great guy. Check him out. So I'm sure we can put that on our uh, social media for people who we, don't have a pen and paper at the time. To yeah, we'll, we'll figure that out. Yeah, I mean, this isn't like it's a 50 millimeter old movie. You can actually click the back 15 seconds and rewrite it out. But I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I understand where you're going with it. So Just let's making go, it easy for the people. <laughs> so let, let's kind of go through each question one by one in a relatively decent order. Let's go Brett, Chris, Quentin, myself. How about that? Brett, let's let's talk about your first car. First car you had. What do you have? Uh, So the first vehicle I had was a 2004, 2005, I I actually don't know, Pontiac Montana. Nice. It was a van. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Uh, It was a great vehicle to get you from point A to point B in terms of high school parties, let me tell you. Um, It put six people in the vehicle, so everybody was really excited for it. Um, when I got it, it had about 350,000 kilometers on it. So oh, it, had been, wow. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> it had been driven pretty hard. Let me tell you. Couple, uh, couple yeah, cams. Yeah. A couple, couple cams. Um, yep. the AC didn't work. The windows didn't work, but again, <laughs> the engine worked. It was a vehicle. <laughs> yeah. it, it was a vehicle you had. Yes. But the first vehicle I purchased on my own yep. was a Kia Forte. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to get into my experience with a Kia Forte because I don't want to blast them. Yeah. Uh, but it was not good. That's sure. With that. Everybody has different experiences with different exactly. companies. Yeah. hundred percent. Chris well, hit us. My first car was, is actually the same car that I drive now, uh, which is a 2011 Chevy cruise. Um, I didn't have a car in high school, didn't have a car in university. So after, uh, I got my first job after university, bought my first car, um, and no complaints really with it. It's 10 years old now. So, let me good. let me guess. You relied on Tyler to drive you around. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler was not shy to volunteer to drive anyone around. Let's put it that way. <laughs> That's true. I was I was a nice guy like that for sure. So uh, producer Quentin had the first car. I, I believe it was uh, parents' kind of car to drive was a Chrysler Intrepid. And then the first car that uh, he purchased is a Hyundai Tucson, I believe. So that's his, his kind of. Yes. So st- sticking with kind of with like the Hyundai kind of thing, how do they do it? I'll tell you how they do it, but I'll get there in a second. Is it called zero percent financing? That's that how they do it. That's <laughs> got to be one of the ways. So one. Uh, so going back to my very first car, my my dad helped me purchase this um, when I was actually fifteen, and it was right before my birthday, before I turned sixteen. It was a 1994 Ford Mustang, red, uh, just a V6. It was enough power for me, but not too much power that it would blow me uh, into the ditch. 
And uh, <laughs> that car was an absolute beauty. I had that thing for about seven years. Um, and let me tell you, there's nothing like it when you have your learner's permit, G1, you're sitting there in the driver's seat, your dad's sitting beside you, and you're trying to pick up chicks in this red Ford Mustang. <laughs> hey, hey, yeah, check out my car. Yeah, that's my dad. Uh, what of it, you know? And so that was the first car I had. I then also then went into a, a Jeep. Um, and then now I've got a, uh, 2017 high end day Sonata plug-in hybrid, but just before we continue that Ford Mustang was my high school and university car and the memories that were made, uh, inside that car, I guess were, were good memories. That was a great uh, car. Yeah. It was a, it was a fun it, time. Fun it's time. true. Uh, yeah. the one memory I do have in terms of your vehicle there, Tyler, Yep. Uh, was riding with yourself and producer Quentin to a Jays game. Mm-hmm. Um, the day after I'd probably woke, I went to sleep at like 5 a.m. Yep. And I had to crunch my knees almost a, like near my head because the back seat of that car was not very forgiving to a six foot two, no. 230 um, pound adult man. But I'll tell you. <laughs> Uh, there was one time we were going to, I believe, watch his, uh, producer Quentin's, uh, sister and a uh, girl I was kind of, kind of interested in play fastball and it was a, a ball tournament. And so I picked producer Quentin up and we were going about, it was, we were in Mexico, uh, just for all, all, uh, intensive purposes. <laughs> we, we were going about 150, 160 to 180 because we wanted to make first pitch. And we were blazing. <laughs> it was in Mexico, so it's completely legal. Right. Uh, has has the statute of we limitations are. passed on that one? <laughs> in Mexico, it's fine. In it was Mexico, complete, okay. It was completely yeah. in Mexico, but we were flying. I think that thing was, if it didn't have a, there's no spoiler on it, but it should have because we were, we're not going it but we should move on from that uh the best part is you probably made first pitch and there were seven fans in attendance there was and we were two of them and i ended up you know getting the girl for eight months but anyways uh so we talked about where we drive now uh any accidents brett do you have any accidents have you had any accidents maybe any mishaps nope no just you changing my flat, flat tire how many times twice yeah fun this story guy, about this yeah, Fun story. I and Tyler knows about this exclusively. Is that the one time I can't remember where we were the night before, but I was driving home in my like I don't know Saturn Relay or whatever the hell it was, and um, I'd phoned. I got a flat tire and I phoned Tyler because I knew I was just literally he just dropped me off. We're coming back and to Guelph. Yeah, Guelph. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I was like, yeah, Tyler had a flat tire. So then I call my dad as well. So myself and my dad. And Tyler meet at the same location. And then myself and my dad both watched Tyler change the flat tire. <laughs> and it was like four degrees out. I'm in like a white undershirt, like just freezing oh, my ass great. off. These two great. guys are watching me like scrape my knuckles, like get this thing up on a jack. I'm like, thanks, so, guys. So then the other time that it happened was actually the day before my wedding. Yep. And so Tyler had kind of previewed me in terms of his speech for my wedding, in terms of like, oh, I'm going to talk about your flat tire like when I change blah, 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 right? So then I actually got a flat tire in my wife's car. So I was like, oh, who else could I phone? <laughs> oh, but this sucker. Didn't phone Ghostbusters. I phoned Tyler. Nice. <laughs> and he came out. So we took a picture of it. Yeah. And it was great. But like, it, uh, yeah, it was just kind of turned ironic in terms of his speech at my wedding. It was kind of funny. 
Chris, so funny enough, I, I do have a story as as well about Tyler helping me out with with my car. Um, but first, I have I have been in an accident. Uh, my cruise about two months after I bought it or something like that, I got rear-ended. So brutal. Um, but did you rear-end somebody is. one time too? No. Okay, good. No. He wasn't hazy during that time. Don't worry. Right. No. <laughs> um, but uh, at the beginning of COVID, uh, I basically, you know, like last March, I stopped driving my car. Um, and then I tried to drive it in like May of 2020 and it wouldn't start. So had to call up Tyler with the booster cables to come help me boost my car, except my car was parked front <laughs> into the garage. So we had to put it in neutral, push it out of the garage, turn it, turn it around so it could actually connect the cables. Uh, it was an experience, but we got it. We got it boosted. Yep. Let's uh, just say for any problems that you have with your vehicle, call Tyler. Yeah, yep. let's go. Let's go back to episode three, where I believe you guys were calling me a name, and we had to bleep it out. Uh, I, I don't think that runs true. Now, now it's starting to start to come clear. Uh, Producer Quentin says that uh, you sideswiped a pole backing out of a driveway one time, but no other actions. Um, I guess he was the driver and sideswiped the pole. I mean, the pole should have been the, standing there. I don't know those, what the hell. Those poles just jump out of nowhere. I, I will also say I've I've carpooled with producer Quentin many many times. Yeah, and I don't know if you guys know producer Quentin's dad, but man, does he drive slow? Well, I, I think that's because uh, previous lead foot incidents uh, when he was younger might uh, take a little bit easy on the gas, but. Um, yeah, so for myself, I have a, a couple of different instances. Uh, one time I was at a red light and I got backed into by a guy that had a suitcase full of beers in his his uh, truck. So naturally uh, you shared a 2-4 with you? I, I wish. We had, actually, the police didn't come to me. I had to go to the police station with the other guy, drive there. The police officer after it was all said and done was like, so do you think he was drinking? Uh, yeah, I do actually. Thanks. So that, <laughs> Um, the other time I was actually, we were in Windsor and there was a basketball uh, championship on or something like that. I parked outside another guy's house. They backed over their lawn into my car while I wasn't there. came back. I thought my door was unlocked or somebody broke in. It wasn't. Somebody just backed into it. I went and got two uh, cafe mochas and I staked outside that guy's house uh, from about 11 at night to 7 in the morning. And it was minus 15 degrees out in the dead of winter. And I had an exam at 8.30 the next morning, <laughs> waited for them to come home and confronted them about it. But uh, is what it is. Uh, mostly ahead. because but, there is nothing better to do in winter than that, right? No, I, uh, I had a vendetta. So, <laughs> yeah. it, so is what I, it is. The one, like my favorite memory in terms of motor vehicles is my father and I were driving back from Owen Sound the one day. And it was in his 1995 Chevrolet Lumina van. I was about 10. The AC didn't work. The windows didn't work. Nothing Sounds worked. like a lot of your vehicles. <laughs> 600 kilometers, yeah, yeah, yeah. 600,000 kilometers on it. And, and nothing worked except for the engine that could get us from point A to point B. So when there was no vehicle coming, my dad would actually open the door so that there could be a breeze come through because it was like plus 35, just like, (laughs) yeah, it was the most ridiculous thing you could possibly think. I was nine 
And I was like, oh, this is how you drive with the door open while you have one hand on the wheel. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. Rapid fire before we finish this uh, segment up. Brett, future car, dream car. Do you have anything? Uh, Jeep Wrangler. 100%. I had one in BC. Yeah, I need that. Nice. Chris? All right. I like the uh, sports sedan. So I'm going either Kia Stinger or a uh, Alfa Romeo Julia. Perfect. Uh, Producer Quentin says, you know, not a huge car guy, but future vehicles will look at something like a truck. Uh, Again, some of the drives doesn't make sense. However, uh, transporting things, the practicability of it is great. For myself, I, again, want to kind of go with the full green. I know that the Ford F-150 has a lightning, a full electric coming out sometime, but I'd still go with like a Tesla, Cybertruck, or again, I don't know, maybe the Roadster. just something fun. So I, that's hey, I knew yeah. I remember when you wanted to get into a mini, and I remember when yeah. uh, producer Quentin mm-hmm. wanted a caravan. Uh, so you, you know guys what? Just get that. The mini is electrified, although again, the practicability of it is it's only about 200 kilometers. So we'll stick with the Tesla just to alleviate some of that range anxiety. We're gonna be right back. Uh, put your car in neutral, hang tight, and we'll be uh, right back with our goodbyes. All right, you can uh, come into the old championship row here, and that's going to be it for today's episode. Thank you for listening. Keep on listening every other Thursday as Craft Beer Connoisseurs releases a new episode and on our off Thursdays for a producer special. Make sure to tell your friends, family, and your favorite driver to get you from point A to point B. So from all of us and producer Quentin, I'm Tyler. I'm Brett. And I'm Chris. And together, we're the Craft Beer Connoisseurs.